Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is the one and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning, friends of the way. Uh, friends in LA, we have friends in LA, we have friends far from LA, and uh, we're, we're glad you're here this morning with us. Uh, someone uh, told me that they could hear kids' noises in the background when I was preaching, and you're right. Um, we can hear kids' noises. Um, you're going to hear my neighbors. You're going to hear the SGV parrots and sirens. This is not a soundproof professional studio. <laughs> this is attached to my garage. This is my office. I am in my office in my garage. So you're going to hear some imperfections. Just laugh if you hear anything crazy. But let's get to it, okay? It's uh, for, for us. It's it's hard to keep up with all the controversies that are generated and created overnight. Uh, just they're just churned out incessantly. Uh, this one seems like a foggy, distant controversy um, compared to all the new ones. But a few weeks ago, Twitter put a fact-checking label on President Trump's Twitter account. And just this week, they put a manipulated media label on his posts. So regardless, if, if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, or you live in the Capitol Hill autonomous zone, doesn't matter, uh, it actually, just that controversy brings up this huge cultural question that has been being asked for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. And... and uh, the question or a series of question is is this is what is right w- what is the most right like who decides what is right what body oversees or adjudicates what is right and what isn't right who gets to say look 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 we'll monitor and establish what is true and not true uh, because once that is established all the new rules spill forth from that collected body. Um, so what are the things you are allowed to say now? What can't you say? What statues are selfie-approved? Which ones are not? We should probably just pull down rope with a rope, you know, Saddam Hussein style. 
Um, what brands are in? What brands are sustainable? What plastics do we use? What plastics do we not use? Um, what energy should be used to power our vehicles in our home? What's, what energy should we stay away from? Who are the people to cancel? Who are the people to follow? And, and if, if, if you don't keep up, the rules are added nonstop. Okay, uh, the rules change so frequently, so fast. You could find yourself canceled, uh, not because you're a bad person, but just because you just weren't paying attention. So a person can can I think rightly say this? Look, um, there are so many laws and rules. Um, some spoken, some explicit, some implicit. Um, but but what could could you just distill all of them? Could you summarize them? Could could you just tell me what is most important? Okay, I don't know all the new buzzwords I need to incorporate. I don't know what words are now deemed offensive. Um, I didn't know that um, I should stop buying Aunt Jemima syrup. Well, they're going to discontinue it, right? Because they were capitalizing on a very explicitly racist iconography for years and years and years, so we're not going to sell Aunt Jemima syrup anymore, as you read in the news this past week. Now, for the record, my family has always been a log cabin syrup family for years and years and years. I promise, I promise, I promise. You can even ask my kids outside of earshot from me. Okay. Um, there was another uh, example this past week is um, there was a, 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 a new debate with software and hardware developers that um, should we retain the master-slave terminology when it comes to computer architecture? Should we retain that? Um, for, for my part, I've been using that since the 80s when we were talking about a hard drive. One hard drive that is linked to a, a, another hard drive, I've used that terminology. Uh, GitHub announced this past week that they would discontinue that terminology, master-slave terminology for software and hardware and come up with something else. Um, but this is it, is no one publishes all of the new rules what you should do. I could never keep up with them. You could never keep up with them. It's harder if you're older. So, so if, 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 you, if I talk to someone from my, my parents' generation, um, it is harder and harder to keep up with all the pop culture shifts and all of the rules attached to the new pop culture shifts that it becomes uh, confusing. Like they say, I, I, I don't even know what I should do or shouldn't do or should say or shouldn't say. Um, even if you're a law-abiding person, um, it, it, it becomes impossible to keep up with all of them. Uh, let alone to be able to do all of them. And those are just our cultural rules. We're not even talking about biblical rules. Um, I, I love this question as a minister. This is what I love about it, is that every culture or nation prior to modernity had dissenting answers to that question. Like, what is right? What are the rules we should follow? They had dissenting answers to those questions, but there was always a dominant, powerful, cultural body that answered that question. What are the rules I should follow? So if it was Confucianism, if it was Islam, if it was Hinduism or Christianity, broadly speaking, a nation or a culture would appeal to that assumed body of thought to answer those questions. What is most right? What is the most good? Of all the things I should be doing, what should I do? What rules are best? You would have a majority consensus. Now, this is what I love about this question 
um, for the American Christian, the American in modernity, is that there is no longer an assumed uh, dominant body or religion or ethical uh, council that answers that question. Everyone is asking those questions for themselves. And there's not an assumed cultural understanding of that question. So no one knows where to find that authority. No one knows where to find that boss, that leader, who who not only... um, uh, uh, oversees what the rules are, who has the rules, but that they are the most right. Um, the, the kind of rules that don't kill, crush, maim, or are filled with injustice. Um, no one knows where to find a leader or an authority or a boss who won't maim, crush, or, or be filled with injustice. We try out these leaders. Right, and, and 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 then we get cynical, and we get disenchanted, and we get disappointed, and we and we discard them, and then we go hunting for a better leader. Just give me a simple set of rules from a good leader. Is that too much to ask? Um, we want rules. I think we do. Um, but then they crush us. And then we want freedom from the rules, and so we discard them. And then the freedom begins to crush us. Uh, We have a great, fresh example of how this has played out before our eyes. So in in Seattle, uh, protesters of all sorts of stripes and causes uh, created what they initially called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, CHAZ for short. Uh, It sounds like a a white dude with a sweater knotted around his neck or something. Chaz. And and so in Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, they called for a police-free zone. No rule assessment or no rule enforcement. No policing Seattle by civic government services. Okay, so the police are out. They're crushing us. Freedom, right? Free from the rules. Autonomous zone. But not really. Okay, this is just one day into the new rule-free zone. And Raz Simone, he's, he's, he's a prominent, one of the prominent leaders. He's a rapper, uh, activist. And, and, and what he did is he began, and there's no other word for this, he began policing the zone. In the Forbes article I read, um, he described them as armed guards who were patrolling the area because there were disputes, there were rule breakers from the Chaz norms, the Chaz ideals, the Chaz new rules. And and, and so in this wide-ranging interview, Ras Simone said this, the armed guards were necessary to protect the people. Do we have another cultural term for an armed person called to protect? We do. Police. So, so, so this is what I want you to get. I, this is not a critique of Raz Simone or Chaz. No. Every single commune or organization, or cause, or group, 
or cult or nation or revolution group or protest group or church plant that has formed to get away from bad oppressive rules. They were formed, right? They were formed to make a change, to do things better than they've ever been before. Formed, right? Those, every single group, what they do is initially, after it begins, what they do is they sit down and they write down new rules. New rules. Uh, 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 if you look at the Black Lives Matter website, and I, I want to say here briefly, I affirm that phrase. It is the most basic, basic phrase for human dignity. Black Lives Matter. And I affirm it. You go on their website and they actually have a statement of beliefs. These are the new rules by which we will be governed or follow. These are the new rules we are going to work to enact. And if you read through those rules, um, any person is going to agree with some of them but you will not agree with all of them. Now, a relativist says this. A relativist is a person who says, um, look, rules don't matter, make up your own. Now, I think to the relativist, I think we see this. We can say, look, stop your silliness. Rules are needed and you know it. You want your person and your property and your loved ones protected. And you flout the rules, but guess what? Your heart is restless and joyless and dissatisfied and you're still hungry and happy. Now, to the to the absolutist, right? Rules are the answer. Um, well, you know this is rules aren't the answer and you know it. They are crushing you. Um, you do them and you hate them. Your heart is joyless and bitter. And, and you are dutiful and you obey, but you are incredibly unhappy. Rules. Rules. Um, we know we need them. We know we need something as a shape, as a guide, as an authority, but we hate them. Why? Because they ultimately crush us, all of us. They don't enact the justice, the compassion, the kindness, and the goodness that we wanted them to do for us. So, so isn't that the problem? I want you to feel this problem. We need rules, and we know we need them, and they kill us. They kill us. I'm telling you, this has not changed for century upon century upon century. Every revolt, every movement, every great reformation has longed for, for positive, just, beautiful change. And so what this does, every movement, every new thing creates new rules. And we need new rules. And then the rules kill us. Okay, I say all of this because it is not just the biblical crowds and the Pharisees in Mark 12 who feel this. In fact, in Mark 12, there is a rules scholar. Like, he's a rules pro. We call him a scribe. And he says this to Jesus. It's a question. He said, okay, I'm paraphrasing. Teacher, wise one. Okay, new thinker. 
okay, smart guy, okay, revolutionary, do something for us. Of all the rules, tell us the ones we should concentrate on. Tell tell us which of the rules is most right. Like, what's enough for for a life well lived? What, What gets us in? And then Jesus says these familiar, familiar words. Verse 29 of Mark 12. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, He is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and strength. The second to that one is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Distilled, love God, love your neighbor. He doesn't pick one of the Ten Commandments. What what he does is say this. All good rules flow from this idea. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like the pulsating heart and core of a good rule is love. And he says this. All of the rules, all of the law, all of the rules, all of the prophets are attached and hang from that. Like, love doesn't hang from the law and the prophets. No, no, no. The law and the prophets hangs from love of God. So Jesus says that, and, and we hear this. I don't, I don't know about you, but when I initially hear this, I think, Oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. So inspiring. All we need is love. Love matters. Love wins. Be loving. Do love. Extend love. Bring the love. Do the loving thing. Don't do evil. Love, love, love. Yes, Jesus, you are, Jesus is so in. I, I think we hear that. Our culture hears it and says, thank you for that, Jesus. There's so much hate in the world. Yes. Thank you for talking about the love. Now, when Jesus' audience hears this, they don't go, Oh, yes, thank you. They were floored, and they were scared to silence. It says that. No one dared talk to him or ask another question. Like, they were frightened. Not inspired. They were frightened. Why is that? And I'm going to do this very quickly. Why is that? Do we ever, or have we ever, just loved God for himself, um, with regardless for any benefit to us? Have we just loved him because he's beautiful, and he's loving, and he's just, and he's good? Have we, have we, have we just loved him? Who has ever loved God just for who he is? I haven't, and, and and I know you haven't. So why are why are they frightened? Who has ever loved their neighbor? And, and this is what I mean by neighbor. Who has ever loved anyone who is passionately 
on the other side of the political spectrum? Who has ever loved their neighbor who thinks Trump is a bloviating idiot? Who has ever loved their neighbor who thinks Trump is the perfect God-sent man for the job? Can any of us say we have loved both well? Who can say they, that they love their neighbor? Who can say that they love both? Who has ever loved God purely for God and their neighbor, regardless of who they are or where they stand? Now, now the rule scholar, all right, the rule scholar has asked, the scribe has asked for simplicity and a distillation of all the rules. Now, for him, being a practicing Orthodox Jew, there, there were 613 explicit rules that he had to follow on a weekly basis and be aware of. Um, they had written these down. These were extra-biblical rules and laws, but 613. Now, for us, I would venture to guess it's thousands of upon thousands of rules we know of and rules we don't know of. Uh, here, 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 this question was looking for an easier path. And Jesus simplifies it. He does do that. But then he makes it harder than ever. And not just hard. Uh, it's impossible. That's, that's why the crowd's frightened. Oh, uh, no one could ever do this. You just gave us the most wonderful, beautiful rule. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And your neighbor is yourself. That's, that's a, that is a wonderful, beautiful rule. And at the same time, that rule crushes us more than all of them. We could never do that. Now, the scribe gets it and he says as much okay and I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit but it's in the text, you can see this he goes, you know what you just told us that's more than all the wealth and the piety that we could ever bring he says that, that you know that's better than all of the sacrifices you know what you've just said is is a bigger deal than all the offerings and all the careful rituals and all the best stuff we could ever that that that's more law you just gave us more law that's bigger than the rules we have now that's harder than the ones we have at, you know what at least the 613 rules were semi achievable and then you give us one or two that are impossible we can never do that and you know it you know we could never do this. And Jesus says back to the rule scholar, the scribe, Ah, you're not far. You're getting warmer. Two points from Jesus' response to the rule scholar. When he says, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. Two points. You're not there yet. You still don't get it. Point number two. 
you moved from where you were. Something happened. You saw something. Something clicked. What clicked? I can never get to God by following the rules. And now everyone is frightened. I can never get to God by following the rules? How do we get to God? How do we get to God? Well, you don't. You can't. God had to come to you. Let's remind ourselves, where does this scene happen? It's in the temple courts, right? Right after Jesus created that scene, overturning everything, shouting. Jesus is acting like the temple is completely useless now. What was the temple? You know, it's where you went to meet God, and then God met you. This is what the scribe had yet to see. There is only one place where the love of God and the love of neighbor was actually accomplished. There's only one person in whom that was truly performed. Uh, When Jesus was on the cross and he was squirming around on those metal spikes, uh, do you remember what he groans? He, he, He says this. I don't know if he says it. I think he just gets it out. Uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you bailed on me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me? Now, God has said this since Eden, the Garden of Eden. If you follow the rules of loving God and your neighbor, you will have me. That's never worked out, especially after the fall. And he says to his own son on the cross, he says this, look, if you follow all of the rules of loving me and my neighbor, I will punish you. So so from hell, if hell is being abandoned by God, abandoned by the Father. From hell, Jesus says something. My God. My God. Still His God. Jesus is loving God for who He is. It's the only time in our entire human chronology where someone loved God for zero advantage, zero benefit, and just loved Him for His loveliness and His greatness and His justness and His goodness, just for who He was, fulfilling all of the rules. Um, That's why Jesus is our substitute. He does what frightened people can never do. He fills every rule in love. Now, back to the top of our time. We want rules, but we hate them. They crush us. We want a good leader, but then we hate them because they crush us. They disappoint us. What does Jesus do in his coming? 
he abandons his own authority. He abandons his own leaderness, his own bossness to give us what? Full performance of the rules with no fear hanging over our heads. Now, a leader who does this for me is a leader I can trust. It's a leader you can trust. Um, You could have an authority like that. You could have a master like that. And I mean that. In all of its rhetorical explosiveness, I would be a slave to a master like that. We know something from the text. The rule scholar, the scribe, he moved a bit. It finally clicked. It finally dawned on him that following all the rules could never get anybody to God. That was the first part. That's why he moved. You know what we call that part? Repentance. What's the second part? The one that the scribe didn't quite get yet. God has come to us. And in doing so, by coming to us, you can know this. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. That is the number one rule written over your life right now. You are loved before you lift a finger. Let's go in that peace. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, We have longed for a rule maker and rules that do not crush us. But we haven't found them. They've they've crushed us and we've run away from all rules and all authorities. Would you reintroduce yourself to us as lovely and good? And would you reintroduce ourselves to Jesus who has fulfilled all the rules in love, lovingly? And would you repair ourselves not just to rules, but to the love behind the rules through the work of your Son exclusively. Give us that faith this morning, we pray. Amen.